0: Center the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh.
1: Welcome. I have a very exciting show for you today beautiful, beautiful music. It's a monumental offering of transcendent melodies and earthy grooves. I have Girish with Girish Music today uh, with us and his lush, soulful vocals that are with a global cast of award-winning musicians. His latest CD, which is Diamonds in the Sun, I'm going to let you have a taste of. So before I talk any more about it, I'm going to let you just hear some of it. Here we are with Girish, Girish Music, and his latest CD, Diamonds in the Sun. Thank ah. artist with roots in the jazz world sacred and sacred music. His musical talents find expression in a wide array of instruments including tablas, world percussion, guitar, harmonium, and voice. This amazing new CD, Girish Diamond in the Sun, is just now being released and it is an incredible uh, mixture that is just weaving English lyrics with instrumentation from Portland to Pakistan in a fresh eclectic band that is by turns intimate and peaceful and inspiring. I'd like to welcome Girish to 1111 Talk Radio. How are you?
2: Very well. Thank you so much for having me,
1: Sima. Wonderful, wonderful. You have a, a really gorgeous voice, and the rhythms and the sounds and the songs are beautiful. They they hold a lot of meaning for me because I've grown up with a lot of that music and those types of sounds. Mm-hmm. And it's so wonderful that uh, that you bring this together and also mix the English lyrics with it, so that people can get a true feeling uh, if they're really needing to have some understanding of the words as well.
2: Well, it's for reaching out to the folks that you know who didn't grow up with it necessarily. You know, I'd like to appeal to both, but but uh, I felt like I wanted to reach out across that yoga divide—the folks who aren't necessarily practicing yoga and they can't do a handstand, hand or a headstand, you know, or they don't sit and chant every day. But I wanted to make the music appealing to them um right off the bat and then maybe the chanting uh practice comes a little later <laughs>
1: Well, and I think that's wonderful because it really is about bringing the world together and and seeing the beauty in all things and our oneness in all of it. And by bringing the, the lyrics in English and the music and the Sanskrit, it kind of lets people realize that we are all one and, and it, the whole goal is really to better ourselves and get into a place of higher vibration and just really get into the music and enjoy it and have fun.
2: Well, it's, it's all about universal archetypes that every one of us, if the language is there to communicate it, could, could and would understand. I mean, everyone wants peace. Everyone wants love. Um, everyone wants fulfillment, you know, and, and I, these are the tools. Chanting um, and music are the tools that I found that are among the most effective to bring those higher virtues into my life.
1: Now, as a musician, did you start out um, really leaning in this direction, or was this something that kind of unfolded? Did you have a different genre that you initially began in?
2: Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I I was born in New Jersey and grew up in Tennessee and um, had, you know, the experience that probably most people have growing up in this country. My my family's um, members of Presbyterian Church, and so I grew up in that environment, and it wasn't until really, I think, um, college that I started to turn towards some of these practices. And um, it was a college philosophy class, actually, that just kind of woke me up to the realization that, you know, there were systems out there that afforded us direct experiences of our spiritual selves, you know, because I was brought up to think that you know, maybe our spirits were something that we would experience only when we died, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that was just my interpretation, but but I needed to know uh, firsthand. I needed to have some kind of an experience, and the, Hindu, the systems of Hinduism and Buddhism that I was learning about in this college philosophy class seemed to offer that, and from that journey, you know, that took me on this um, road towards chanting and mantra practice and all these things that I'm, you know, sharing now.
1: And... Through that period in college when you were playing with jazz bands, you had some moments that, that really felt like magic. It was when your intuition or synchronicity occurred. And tell a little bit about that and how that also spurred yeah. this, this whole line of work for you.
2: Uh, yeah, because the philosophy came sort of a little bit later in life because music had been front and center for me since I was eight years old. And it, it wasn't the college years, the early college years, playing jazz, and I don't know what you know about jazz, but a, a good deal of it is totally improvisational. So you start out with an agreed-upon you know, structure and maybe the basic melody of the song that happens at the beginning and the end, but all that space in between, all the solos and all the changes that happen in between are improvised. And there were moments where I found a group of three or four musicians suddenly going from point A to to point X, in a way that was nonlinear, that was unexpected, and yet we all suddenly just knew this is what we needed to do. And that gave me a direct experience of sorts of a kind of, um, I don't know, non-local intelligence, some, some sort of a shared intelligence, you know, um, some sort of a shared consciousness that somehow that the four of us were able to access this piece of information, and without any words or gestures being exchanged, follow it through. Um, and it, then I've found um, the meditation practices of meditation and chanting as ways of um, kind of refining that shared intelligence and, and bringing it even forth even stronger.
1: Well, what you're talking about really brings up an important point, too. Uh, You know, there's a saying that how we do one thing is how we do everything, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. perhaps we should go into those areas of our lives, particularly those artistic areas like music or like painting or the different art forms that they are, and allow ourselves to get into that natural flow that you're talking about, that improvisation. If we operated in life like that, the way that a musician, particularly jazz, can operate improvisationally like that, life might flow a little easier and feel more comfortable, and we can get into that rhythm.
2: It's absolutely true, and I've discovered that one of the essential components of um, music and life in general is just this ability to let ourselves flow, to let the music flow, let the words flow unedited. And i found, especially in the process of letting these songs come through, that there's always uh, a part of the process which must be completely free completely unedited and often ridiculous i mean and and funny and silly but but i don't judge it you know um... and i learned this technique from um... from the artist way work of julia cameron and finding that you have to have those um... what she calls the morning pages you know this long hand writing of stream of consciousness uh... words Without editing, without thought, and then you come back to those, those, those um, stream of consciousness uh, pieces and look for the little gems, and you find that, you know, spirit, intelligence, consciousness is showing itself in the midst of that, but we have to get used to, the, to, to being in the flow.
1: Most definitely. Do you have that sort of spiritual practice ongoing then, or is it that you find you go in cycles?
2: Absolutely ongoing um, for, for a long time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I guess there've been cycles in the sense that there've been periods of, um, great intensity. Um, for five years, I lived actually in a monastery, uh, in an ashram in in the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. And during those five years, it was definitely a very intensive cycle. But yet, even after leaving that environment, you know, I kept up, Those practices, maybe not as intensely for certain uh, following you know cycles, but now I find myself you know 15 years later again um, in in a in a rather intense cycle with those practices because because they work you know and it's 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 one of the best parts of life and it's one of the things that enhances all all the other good stuff in life you know Um, family community health and well being all those things are for me, are enhanced by these practices. So, I've, of course, I've become more and more drawn to them, and it's been an ongoing relationship.
1: Now, one would not really think about an ashram in Tennessee. They would think of <laughs> ashrams in India. They would think right. of ashrams in other places. Yeah. But Tennessee is not one of those first places that comes to mind when you consider no. something like that. How did you come across that, and was it a difficult choice mm-hmm. to, to step aside for a while and give that time to yourself?
2: I found it uh, in the back of Yoga Journal magazine um, back in the mid '90s, I guess, and there was a, a brief little classified ad, and that drew me out there. And it wasn't difficult at all. It was what I needed to do, and I did it.
1: And that's what life is all about. It's listening to those voices, those rhythms, those nuances that show up and guide us as to where we're supposed to go, so that we can create in the world in the manner that the divine has decided that we should create. I am with Girish today and he has released his newest CD which is called Diamonds in the Sun. You can connect with him at his website com. g i r i s h music.com. You can also find other CDs that he has released along with a calendar of bookings a tour schedule and um, more of information on him. So definitely connect with girishmusic.com, and we will find out more about this wonderful journey and hear some beautiful music when we come back.
3: Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
2: We all want peace. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network.
0: Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 1-11, 11, 11 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and empowered mom dad how long should i wait for you mom if i'm at soccer practice what if
3: something happens will you come get me there's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack
0: mom if you're not home should we go to the neighbor's house and some extremely good reasons why you should can you tell me Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council.
3: The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network.
1: Welcome back. Today we are featuring Diamonds in the Sun by Girish. He has produced and created a beautiful CD and is an eclectic artist with roots in jazz, world music, and sacred music. For as long as he can remember, he's created rhythm to accompany life. It is part of what he produces in the world to support individuals, whether they are in yoga practices, whether they're discovering chanting, or whether they just simply want to listen to some incredible music. I'm going to play another one of these beautiful, beautiful pieces. Just sit back and listen and enjoy a segment of this song. ¶¶ life and lived in an ashram for five years giving up music and taking the vows of a monk in the Divine Mother tradition called Marj or Mahashakti Yoga. Here he was enchanted with chanting. He he delved right into the world of chanting for several hours a day. What was that like, Garish? What did that do for you? A lot of people don't quite understand what the purpose of chanting is or what it can do for an individual uh, soulfully or even just uh, in, in terms of finding peace?
2: Well, I mean, just at the most basic level, um, you know, one doesn't have to become a monk or a Hindu or anything else to enjoy the, the basic, you know, blessings of, of chanting. Um, the first thing I think it does is it just gets us outside of our usual way of thinking. When we get into these habitual patterns, in in the East they call them samskaras, which is sort of like ruts that form in the road from vehicles having traveled over them so much and in the case of our minds those ruts are created by thought patterns you know that keep cycling around and around in the same ways you know And, and chanting is a way of stepping outside of that system for a moment number one which is a huge relief and we have to remember that there's so much more than just our thoughts and our feelings Right? I mean, there's there's something within us that's able to witness those thoughts and feelings. Well, that's consciousness. That's our pure being. That's our, our eternal souls. And so chanting sort of gives the mind a job to do, is one way to look at it. And it gives the mind this job of repeating the sound, om, bur, bhuvvas, Swaha, you know, or, or what have you. In the meantime, the consciousness can... Can shine forth. And it's something that doesn't require any explanation to experience. You know, you just, the first time you chant Om a few times, you, you notice that something's going on. Um, and the, they say that these sounds are always there, that they were there before human beings discovered them and started to sort of approximate them with their mouths. It's like this sound, Om, for example, is just the sound of. Pure being. It's just the sound of our eternal selves sort of vibrating within us. And people went into meditation in caves and heard this sound and experienced this light and this peace. And they found that if they approximated the sound, Aum, externally with their mouths, they could more easily return into the inner sound of Aum.
1: Well, and we are uh, virtually instruments ourselves. Mm-hmm. you know we've we've created through time we 've created many types of instruments, but you know everything began with the word, everything began with sound, we are all vibration, and in utilizing chants or or even you know singing along with with different types of music or anything using our voice, it really does get us more connected you 're right, it takes you out of the mind yeah. so that you can at least be more intimate with the body and so many people are so disconnected from their bodies chanting or singing along with songs and CDs such as these will at least help us get connected back to our voice, to our feeling, to feeling that vibration that comes from us after doing it for a while.
2: That's exactly it. I mean, just think of, you know, Let It Be, you know, the Beatles, Let It Be, or, or any beautiful song like that that's just been etched into the mass consciousness. I and mean, when you sing along with that song and you feel it, it's more than words um, on a page or notes from a piano. It becomes the experience that Paul McCartney was sort of like bringing forth, you know, when that song came through. And and the same thing's happening with these chants. You know, these are beings, uh, the, the beings who sort of heard these chants within for the first time and brought them back to us to share um, uh, are, are bringing forth this sort of eternal songs of the universe, as it were, and then kind of sharing them. With us and when we chant along with them it's as if we're sort of tuning into a certain uh, radio station you know and the the, the flavor of that station the, the the tone of it the feeling of it is something that tends to be uplifting and inspiring and, and expansive
1: when you're amongst uh, a crowd of people you're performing a concert type or at a, a yoga venue or however, wherever you go to perform. Hmm. What do you find occurs with the people in attendance after being in this type of music for a while?
2: Well, the, the first thing, I always introduce it because the flavor of my music is a little more contemporary. Um, it's not so traditional. I mean, there is a tradition of chanting. It's called kirtan, and and um, my music sort of ventures out a bit from that tradition but it honors the basic components of it and so one of the first things I like to do is just to invite people to participate um, and this the spirit of participation is something that's been lost and I think we've gotten so used to being entertained and having people perform for us you know in the whole American Idol culture um, we're kind of sitting back and letting other people um, do the music. For us and so one of the first things that happens once people jump in and participate is they get to make music again maybe for the first time ever or for the first time in a long time they they just get to have the joy of singing that that's huge I mean just that is is huge and then and then phase two is you know um, what are we singing about you know what is this about and and again at that point I, I have to remind everyone, it, it's not required that we become um, anyone other than who we are, or that we adopt some other set of beliefs, but does it feel good? Does it feel uplifting? Does it feel like love and light, you know, and is it, is it good for you? And those kinds of feelings, you know, people describe the ecstasy of Akirtan, the ecstasy of chanting. And that's definitely the case. Um, and I think that has something to do with this light of the self, this light of consciousness shining through for a moment in the midst of, you know, the usual kind of cloudy environment that, that the mind can often create for us, and, and chanting is a way for people to, to jump in and experience some of that light. So I definitely see a lot of um, smiling faces and people sort of, you know, lost in, in bliss in the course of the, of the events that we do.
1: Well and that's such a key phrase it's got to feel good. I had Jonathan Goldman on a few weeks ago and he uh, has the Sound Healing Consciousness Institute has has released a lot of sound healing CDs and he also brought up that same song by the Beatles Let It Be and he really said you know it's about the music and the intention behind the music and the the sense or degree of love and vibration that exists within that music, and when you really engage in it and get into something that feels good, you are actually healing your body, you're healing your world, you're healing your life, and you're causing a shift in the mind that will also outpicture in the outside world. And so when we get into... Some of the songs such as you have uh, on your CD, Diamonds in the Sun, some of the wording that's on here, even if people don't necessarily uh, know what it means, such as Om Namah Shivaya," these are very sacred words that have been there for a long, long time, that have been repeated over generations and generations that hold a lot of sacred energy to them. So that also assists people in some of their shifting.
2: It's true. Um... Rupert Sheldrake is a British biologist who um, coined this phrase morphogenic field and he was looking for a way to describe how is it that there's this um, field of information and energy that interpenetrates everything so that um, we can have experiences like deja vu, for example, and how, how is this intelligence accessible to us even though it's not conveyed externally and those morphogenic fields um, are resonating out from these chants. And you mentioned Om Namah Shivaya. And so you can assume that millions of people have been chanting Om Namah Shivaya and are continuing to chant on a daily basis. So there's this immense field of energy built up around a, a, an ancient mantra like that. And even if we are just coming to that chant for the first time, the chant uh, is like this, you know, this wellspring of nourishment and sustenance that's there for us. And so we don't have to do much, you know, we just <laughs> chant it a few times and feel that field, feel that energy begin to, you know, be accessible to us.
1: Absolutely, and I'm going to let our listeners have another taste of your beautiful CD, Diamonds in the Sun, as soon as we come back from this commercial break. Girish is with us, and he's an eclectic artist with roots in the jazz world, world genre music, and the sacred music. He's created a brand new CD that is released called Diamonds in the Sun. You can connect to him on his website, girishmusic.com, G-I-R-I-S-H music.com. There are several events listed on his tour, and a great... A CD release event taking place July 10th at the PCC in Santa Cruz so if you're in the area or want to take a trip head on out there and be part of this wonderful event other than that go to his website GeerishMusic.com and you can find out a lot more about his story uh, and as well as other CDs that he has released in the past Diamonds in the Sun will be right back with Geerish
3: extraordinary 7th Wave Network have you seen
0: 1111 do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life 11 1-11, 22 33 444 people all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered,
3: listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
1: He has just released Diamonds in the Sun. It's a wonderful CD of beautiful sacred chants, a mixture of Sanskrit mantras, along with English lyrics that are woven together with beautiful instrumentation. He has an eclectic blend that is definitely intimate, peaceful, and inspiring. His voice is really lush, and uh, once you start listening to it, you just want to go through the entire CD and then start over and listen to it again. So I want to play another one of his wonderful Wonderful songs for you on that CD. Just sit back and take a listen. different twist on a lot of the, the mantras you have created a blend that that makes it span across i would think uh... generations and different places that people are now listening to this there was a time when this type of music was really just found in yoga studios or just found in uh... certain uh... places where people that were seeking this kind of music would frequent but now world genre music is spreading how have you seen this change
2: well, it's been immense because you have to remember that um, the, these practices uh, weren't even on this continent at all, <laughs> um, and that they sort of were—they migrated over here from from India and other other countries, and and gradually, you know, began to find their way in in a more sort of traditional setting, you know, more of a um, religious setting, and um, but gradually. Over time now, the whole with the whole um, advent of the yoga movement and the new thought movement, you know, these practices have become integrated. And and the real insight there is not that you know we as Westerners um, have had to become more Indian or more Eastern or or change necessarily, but You know, these practices arose in uh, an environment and with the tools that were around them at the time. And when the whole bhakti movement, the movement of of popularizing devotion and singing and chanting the divine names came about, they just grabbed what they had around them, which were some simple wooden drums and and cymbals, and they wandered around uh, the countryside chanting these names and sharing what had been sort of the, the privilege of some of the chosen uh, cast, you know, just the priestly cast, and began to share that experience of devotion with everybody. Well, the same thing's happening here, but, you know, when I go to, to share chanting, I might, you know, pick up my acoustic guitar, or if I'm in the recording studio, I might dare to venture into some, you know, synthesizer sounds or something, you know, because, because the point is that everything becomes an expression of this energy, and there's nothing, there's nothing off limits. If the intention is there, um, then, then anything goes. Is, is my my feeling.
1: Well, and the beauty of it is, it really doesn't have anything to do with religion anymore. This is okay. about, again, getting into to the feeling, getting into our bodies, getting connected with emotion, getting connected with other people. It it is about building more of. An uh, in intimacy first with the self and then with those outside of us and then with our entire world. Absolutely,
2: and it's it's scientific. You know, if you start to look into the quantum physics of it, then it makes perfect sense when you look at, every, look at the creation under an electron microscope and all you see is empty space with uh, energy vibrating within it, then it makes sense that sound, which is just vibration at another frequency, could actually um transform creation, could actually transform our lives. Um, and people are discovering that these practices are scientific. I mean, yoga and mantra, all these practices are not religious, they're, they're scientific. And it's recommended to, to approach them that way, because chanting and yoga can enhance um, a Christian's life just, just as it enhances a Hindu's life.
1: Exactly, exactly, and that's one thing that I would like to make uh, listeners aware of that if you are participating in any of the practices, whether it is yoga or chanting or picking up the music or um, you know going to any of the concerts that you're not giving up anything you're simply expanding more of who you are you're expanding the opportunity to discover all of the, the various aspects that lie within all of us
2: well it's it's that's exactly it, Simon is that we're not losing anything. We're, we're being, if we're coming to this for the first time, we're just simply being introduced to another system of naming what we're already familiar with. I mean, you look at the, the, the pantheon of, of gods and goddesses out there, and, and you start to break it down, and it all makes perfect sense if you get past the, the, the language of religion and just look at the principles, right? So you can look at um, a deity like Lakshmi, who 's um, the goddess of abundance, and once you break all that down, who isn't interested in having a healthy dynamic relationship with the archetype of sustenance of nourishment of abundance in their lives and so this is just another these are our new sort of vehicles or portals to have relationship with principles that we 're already relating to. <laughs>
1: Well, and it goes back kind of to what you were talking about at the beginning of the show, and you were talking about how you got into philosophy, and but yet the music was the first part. I think mm-hmm. intuitively, innately, we all can feel in our bodies what feels real, what feels like truth. And music is one of those things that when you hear the right music, you mm-hmm. know it feels good, it feels like truth. But then there's that part of us that does need to satisfy the linear aspect, that does need to be uh, educated or need to understand why or what about these things. And so, for many people, I think that's a big part of it.
2: Well, my teacher um, used to say, um, you know what you love and you love what you know. And whether you um, come to this first from a wholehearted space of devotion, not really needing to know anything, or you come at it from a more pragmatic, you know, how does this work exactly? I think you find that both of the, the path of love and the path of knowledge intersect at some point and um, become unified. Um, and that's a beautiful thing that I see happening. But, I mean, for most people, it's it, the, the practice and the music and the chanting is immediately appealing. It makes sense without much explanation but then it, then the question comes, well, why, why is this working? And that's a beautiful thing because the more you, know, you contemplate how is it working and, and why, then you might find additional tools that can enhance your experience of it. You might find more um, practices that are even more suited to, to your particular needs. So it's an ever-expanding sort of world of, um, you know, of healing that, that
1: opens up. When did you decide that this was why you were on the planet? That, that to, to provide music, to share your voice, to bring this sort of beauty into the world was really your destiny?
2: Well, I think, you know, the big change happened for me um, first in, in college um, at, the, at the realization that I needed to have some kind of direct experience of spirit. And from that intense knowing, the very next day, um, I began to meet people who were talking with me about meditation, and, and it, it all led me on a journey to where I've come to now, where that, that, is, that has found its expression through my voice.
1: Drumming has always been instinctual to Girish flowing freely from his fingers and knowing no musical bounds. In his latest release, the CD Diamonds in the Sun, there are some beautiful earthy grooves mixed with transcendent melodies, and his lush, soulful sound. I invite you to visit his website, girishmusic.com, G-I-R-I-S-H music.com. There you can find out about his tour schedule, about uh, his own bio, and find out much more about what he's doing along with the other CD that he has. Feel free and join us in just a few minutes, and we're going to learn a little bit more about Girish and his music, Diamonds in the Sun.
3: Awakened Media for a Transforming World 7th Wave Network Have
0: you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics
3: Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network.
1: I have Geerish with Diamonds in the Sun as my guest today. It is a wonderful new CD that he has created, produced, and released. And I invite you to go to his website and find out more about him. There are some wonderful tour dates coming up, and uh, along with being able to order the CD, I think you'll enjoy it. I'd like to play one more song for you, and then we will get back to a little more discussion.
4: All love surrounds you, and the pure light within you
1: Sun from the CD Diamonds in the Sun by Girish. You can find more about that at his website, girishmusic.com Girish we were talking a little in the, the last segment and got cut short, so I want to continue that discussion about how you came upon making this your career.
2: Yeah, it was. there were a few phases, but the first one I described was that sort of awakening I had in college when I first got drawn to the Eastern system yoga. And that led me into uh, the monastery. And I lived in this ashram for five years and learned all these chanting practices. But, you know, when I came into that environment, I was already a musician. I was a, a drummer, primarily, playing jazz and anything I get my hands on at that age. And and during my time in the ashram, I picked up a set of tablas, which are the beautiful um, Indian hand drums you would hear if you listen to Ravi Shankar play, for example. And and that became a passion of mine while I was living, and and I began to study and learn to play those drums. And when I came out of the ashram, it was to uh, play tablas alongside of um, some of the world's greatest uh, chant and kirtan artists. I'm starting with uh, a beautiful man named Bob Kindler who had a group called Jaimon Music, um, and then Krishna Das and um, Dave Stringer and Sanatam Kar, and Rasa and. Wah and um, Thomas Barkey and all my, my friends and family out in the chant community. Um, and I was playing alongside of all these folks, playing tablas and hearing what they were doing. And I sort of just got another calling, you know, and just realized that um, unless I sort of just stepped out and shared my voice, which, again, I had no idea that I even had because I just was was doing this chanting as a, as a practice, as a personal practice. Um, and when I was playing the drums with these other artists, I wasn't really singing, but something inside of me said that I, I needed to and that I wasn't going to be happy unless I did. And I just kind of took a leap of faith and started to practice my singing and started to compose um, my own version uh, of these chants. And, and it all sort of um, emerged from there.
1: Well, in in your story, it really is the depiction of what I believe is our ultimate purpose on the planet for each one of us, and that is to truly discover and step into what our heart calls us to do, but then have the courage to commit to it and to be able to experience ourselves in the many different ways. You had mentioned that you not only created the melodies and and how these songs were going to be uh, written, but... You actually produce this this CD yourself, and every step of that is just another experience of your expansiveness.
2: It, it is, and it's a journey of of trust and and faith and openness and receptivity and um, just sort of learning. You know what we're capable of, and I certainly, you know, it, it happens like this. Uh, we go through these cycles. I, I kind of envision it like a like a, the infinity symbol, you know, we come to that point in the middle where everything becomes very focused and and um, condensed, you know, and then it expands out again. When I came into this process of, of recording Diamonds in the Sun, I very much wanted to work with another producer, somebody who would come in and sort of guide me and hold my hand in, in putting together these very rich, you know, complex musical tapestries. Um, but that... It, for one reason or another, it didn't happen, and about halfway through the process, I suddenly found myself standing there alone, and I just had to either take that leap or not, and I decided to take it and just trust myself and trust in you know the, the universe to, to guide me in doing it. And there's nothing more gratifying than taking that leap and feeling fulfilled at the end of the journey.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And what is on the horizon for you if you um and, and of course, you know this is a huge happening that's taking place right now with the release of this wonderful c d called Diamonds in the Sun. But what is the vision for Girish going forward?
2: well, you know it's I feel like my life has been full of transformation, and i I can hardly predict what kind of transformation will come. I get the sense that things might shift drastically again you know and and that's that's a beautiful thing because it keeps me open to to new possibilities but on the immediate horizon is going out there on the road and um sharing this music all across the country and all across the globe and that's a very um inspiring part of of what i do is just meeting sort of the global community of spirit you know to borrow um Rumi's words. It's a community of spirit, and you meet these people, whether it's in, you know, Concord, New Hampshire, or um, Long Island, New York, or here in Berkeley, California. It's it's the same tribe, you know, and we meet up at, at these global events like uh, Boxy Fest in September and Joshua Tree, which is four days of, of yoga and, and uh, kirtan in the desert. And you realize that you're, you're part of this. Community. So I feel like I'm out there sharing this music as a vehicle of sort of meeting the rest of this, this tribe that I haven't even met yet, you know, and so it's an ongoing journey about that right now.
1: Well, I am thrilled to have you on and and just have really enjoyed my own copy of Diamonds in the Sun. So I invite my listeners to definitely visit your website, uh, order a copy of Diamonds in the Sun. And while you're at it, you can also look up his other CDs, Reveal, Shiva Machine, and his yoga DVD called Yoga Vision. So definitely take a look at all that Geerish has to offer. He is uh, definitely one to watch and alongside all of these wonderful other greats that are out there, uh, such as the ones he has played with in the past, like Dave Stringer and Wah and Krishna Das, Uh, Girish is certainly no less than any of those. So keep an eye on him and definitely keep an ear on him. Thank you so much, Girish, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. We look forward to uh, seeing a little bit more of you in the September-October issue of 1111 Magazine that you can pick up off the shelves at Barnes & Noble, anywhere in the country. I am Simran Singh,